What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. International News Weekend Review time here on Weekend Mornings with me, Jason Dacey. I'd like to introduce a friend and a former colleague in Steve Dawson, the well-known broadcaster and journalist. Hello, Jace. Good to see you, Steve. <laughs> it's a long time since I've heard the words, me, Jason Dacey. That's nice to hear again. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about you and your career and our time working together a bit later on. But let's, uh, let's start with the International News Review and the news that I guess has not come as a big surprise, but it's maybe a surprise that it's come fairly early, Steve, that John McCain, the Vietnam War hero turned senator and US presidential candidate, dying on Saturday at the age of 81, surrounded by his family, dying at his home in Arizona. Mm, it was it was quite a quick end, wasn't it, after I think he refused treatment late last week. Mm. Um, he was very much his own man, wasn't he? Uh, I, I, he, he, didn't, he didn't shy away from criticising people in his own party, didn't shy away from cuddling up, as it were, to people in the, the other party. Yeah. He was quite a good friend and confidant of Barack Obama in the later years. Yeah, he was. And, you know, that incredible five years in captivity in Vietnam as a prisoner of war. Can you imagine five years in yeah. Vietnam? And he was, and I, I read that he was beaten occasionally and so much so that he, that he wasn't able to raise his arms above his head mm. um, after that as a result of those beatings. But, yeah. uh, uh, Trump said, <laughs> Trump said, was he a hero? He was captured. Yeah. That... I prefer people that weren't captured which is, <laughs> there's a sign of the times. Yeah, that, to me, that was a shocking comment. He got mm. a lot of flack, uh, President uh, Donald Trump. He was then a, a candidate, of course. Uh, he said that, I think, a year or two before he was elected. But uh, when we look at John McCain and the way he really galvanized support across the aisle on both sides and mm. the way even Barack Obama embraced him as well, uh, Joe Biden's one of his best friends, the former U.S. president. Yeah. And you remember that time with um, John McCain, I think it was in the 2008 uh, presidential campaign when a woman said, I don't like that uh, Obama, he's a Muslim. And, or he's an Arab, I think it was. And, and he said, no, ma'am, that's not correct. He's a good man. Yeah. You know, so he, he had integrity and that's what I really respected about him. That stands out, doesn't it? I mean, if you, if you can avoid party politics when you don't need to and when you can have integrity, I mean, that's the key word, isn't it? Mm. That's what gets... That what's, that's what gets respect. And I think he had that across the board, um, which was a wonderful thing for American politics, actually, to, to look to him and see where we should be standing, I suppose. Mm. Um, I, I, I question, if you look back at his, at his time and, and you think, well, did he always make the right moves? I mean, he never did get to where he wanted to be, of course. Yes. But, Twice ran for president. Yeah, exactly. But one of them employing, you know, the, the running mate services of Sarah Palin was... That was a mistake. Yeah. I mean, quite a clear mistake. And they didn't really know each other. It was very awkward, I thought. I suppose that was a mistake. Because mm. if you did know Sarah Palin, you'd think, you might think twice about it. But I, I guess, you know, someone said, look, there's this woman from Alaska. She's a mom. You know, she's got a special needs kid. Uh, you know, she used to be a TV presenter. Did you know that, Sarah Palin? I didn't know that, no. Yeah. So she had that kind of charisma. It was a gamble. It was, a, it was like a Hail Mary pass, I think. I, I think in those days, you're looking for the first woman to do something... Uh, seminal in American politics, and that was probably the best candidate at the time. Yeah. So I think, I suspect that's what he was going for. But as you say, he didn't know her very well. I think if you're going to saddle up with a, a running mate, it should be someone that you, you trust and that you've known for a long time, I imagine. Mm, exactly. And we speak about John McCain and his uh, not very good relationship with Donald Trump. Uh, actually, the president just tweeted something because everyone was wondering what he'd say about uh, John McCain when he finally did pass. And he says, 
My deepest sympathies and respect go out to the family of Senator John McCain. Our hearts and prayers are with you. Jason, could I reread that tweet? Because this is, this is exactly what Donald Trump said, because he put an exclamation mark at the end. So actually, the, the tweet says, my deepest sympathies and respect go out to the family of Senator John McCain. Our hearts and prayers are with you. <laughs> yes, he does that yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, the capitalization and the exclamation marks are very right. unnecessary. Why would you... Actually, why would you use an exclamation mark there? We don't want to criticize him for the sake of uh, criticism, but that, uh, yeah, that is something that... Is he trying to be galvanizing? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do get, I do get, I mean, when somebody like John McCain passes away, mm. I, I do fear for the, for the tweets and the, and the voices of sympathy that come out because people churn out, people churn out the same message and it's cliched and if and if you want to say something that's heartfelt and meaningful and that it that portrays the respect that you had for the person and um how sorry you are that we've lost that person it would be nice to choose the right words Mm. you know And Mm. and i think there are there are too many people who are eloquent enough i mean the president of the united states certainly should be very eloquent journalists many people who can use this wonderful language we have to choose the appropriate words to say something that's meaningful that's that's personal to the way you've responded to this bad news mm. and we always get you know thoughts and prayers mm. deepest sympathies mm-hmm. and it's just it's if it's laced with cliche then it doesn't have much meaning does it yeah. yeah so let's talk about the week from hell last week uh, for <laughs> u.s president donald trump and he's been warned according to the guardian that the countdown to impeachment is underway after his former lawyer implicated the president in crimes committed during the 2016 election. You know, we saw an incredible leak uh, with Michael Cohen, his longtime legal fixer, pleading guilty to eight criminal charges. And there was also, of course, uh, Paul Manafort being found guilty on on eight different charges uh, in a separate uh, trial. So, and there's a lot of other things that have come out, you know, with the National Enquirer publisher, you know, cooperating with um, investigators and also the former CFO of um, the Trump Foundation also. And they have immunity so they can say what they want. Yeah. So, look, we know that Donald Trump's a Teflon man, the non-stick man. <laughs> Nothing seems to stick. Yeah. You know, we saw what happened in the lead up to the 2016 um, presidential election. But how serious do you think this is for um, Donald Trump? It, it is serious, but it's just one of many serious things that have happened. You get the feeling that if you could take just one incident that uh, – that, as you say, as 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 not stuck mm. with Donald Trump, and you applied it to, let's say, Barack Obama, mm. his immediate predecessor, you'd think that there would be big, big trouble. But even the Putin thing, right? Yeah, but it's now all so diluted because this kind of thing happens almost well week in, week out. I think we can certainly say that, and he puts his foot in his mouth so often that it, it you, you you don't know where to focus. And a lot of focus is needed if, as you say, impeachment is imminent. But mm. I just don't think it'll happen. I think he'll, I, I think he'll get to the end of his term, and um, presumably the American people will respond accordingly in the next election. But but, but will who knows? they? But will they? Because his base is so emboldened and they're so passionate. We have the midterm elections, as you know, coming up uh, in November. Mm. So if he loses the majority in the House of Representatives and the Senate, there could be some serious problems in terms of uh, an impeachment uh, 
hearing coming forward. Uh, but look, he's a fighter. You know, much as uh, we don't always like what he does, he always responds and he's coming out with the stock market hit an all time high on Friday. Congratulations, USA. That's one of his previous tweets. You know, he just keeps <laughs> fighting back. Uh, and that's, I think, his base, as much as you might say, Maybe a lot of them aren't that educated, or a lot of them don't. Uh, we've seen that don't, a lot of them don't have uh, university degrees and all that. His base love him. Yeah, I mean that's true, and and I think there is a feeling, uh, and this is both perception and to some degree reality, that he gets things done, and that's probably one of the criticisms of governments around the world that party politics stands in the way of actually achieving things. Um, I mean, your own country, Australia, is is. <laughs> Is, is mired in, in party politics at the moment. And you wonder how much actually get things done, uh, how much is actually done while these things are going mm, on. Mm. And, he, and he's a, I mean, he is, whichever way you look at it, a successful businessman. You just need to look at his bank balance or the bank balance of his corporations to know that he has achieved. Um, oh, and he's come from the depths as well. You know, mm. he's, he's been, he's had bankruptcy issues at times. And, um, and he, he's, he knows he knows how to fight things through. He knows who to, to use this phrase for a second time, saddle up with Yeah. Um, in order to achieve things. I don't think he's there to be Mr. Popularity. <laughs> <laughs> Only amongst certain people. Yeah, and that's a nice segue, actually, <laughs> into the Australian situation. And as you know, I'm from Sydney and you know, you're from the UK. You're from London originally. Love Sydney, though, Jason. Mm, yeah, love it. Yeah, we all love Sydney. But yeah. this, is the, uh, this is now the new Wikipedia entry for sport in Australia. And we're both um, sports broadcasters or former sports broadcasters. Sport in Australia is an important part of the country's culture dating back to the early colonial period. The main national sport is the leadership spill, which fixates the nation. <laughs> on a random but regular basis. <laughs> and that's, we're, we're saying that because uh, Scott Morrison has become Australia's new Prime Minister yeah. at the end of last week after edging out um, Malcolm Turnbull. Well, Malcolm Turnbull was actually edged out before that, but uh, we saw Morrison... A whole series of these <laughs> things going on in Australia. I know, I know. Well, Morrison like won Game the, of Thrones. Morrison's the... Four, yeah, exactly. That's, someone said that, actually, in Australia. It's, it's better than the Game of Thrones. <laughs> so Morrison, the Treasurer, won an internal ballot 45 to 40 over former Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton, who'd been Mr Turnbull's most vocal threat. And Peter Dutton is on the right wing of the party. Turnbull and Morrison more centrist. And Mr. Turnbull uh, is the fourth Australian PM in a decade to be ousted by colleagues. Four times this has happened, Steve, yep. in a decade yeah. since John Howard, who we remember was a long-standing Aussie PM. The coup capital of the world, <laughs> isn't it? You know how like a banana know, republic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go that far. Mate. Not far off, maybe. Yeah. But you know how the the Aussie dollar and the and the Singapore dollar have been sort of flirting with parity for some time now. I watch that very closely. I'm sure you do. Yeah. And the Aussie dollar just about keeps its head above water mm. constantly. Mm. Well, it closed on Friday at 1.000002. Wow. Five zeros and a two. So come on, Singapore, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, of course, one of your daughters is uh, in Australia at the yes. moment, uh, just uh, in the Sydney area, Windsor. Richmond area, which yeah. is just kind of in the northwest of, of Sydney, you know, studying zoology. That's right? right. That's right. Yeah. So this is some uh, something that you're watching as well with with interest. I'm but watching that currency quite yeah yes. quite closely. Yeah. So um, look, I'm a bit embarrassed as an Australian because I'm having to explain to people who our new prime minister is. And, and Scott Morrison, like me, is from Sydney. He grew up uh, around uh, not far from Bondi Beach. Uh, but, it's a good spot. Yeah. Look, I, I think what we could say to uh, anyone listening, Singaporeans who have uh, investments in Australia or you know vested interests out there, is 
we're used to it in Australia now. This is all part of uh, the economy, and I don't think it's very disruptive. Also, I mean, you could never pick a, a good time for these things, but am I right in saying, I think I read this somewhere, hasn't Australia gone 10 years without a recession? Yes, yes, very similar to the US in terms of uh, economic growth. And, you know, when the GFC happened, we weren't really affected by it because mm. uh, we had the China, China stuff going on. That's obviously cooled off. So, yeah, things, things looking pretty good. But let, let us now look ahead to what's happening this week, uh, Steve, in terms of Aretha Franklin, who no doubt uh, you enjoyed her music. And there Very are, much. Yeah, there's a couple of things happening. Tuesday, Wednesday, August 28th and 29th, public visitations. Her body will lie in repose at the Charles H. Wright Museum for African American History. There will be an additional visitation and tribute concert on Thursday the 30th. And on Friday the 31st, there's the funeral service in Detroit, all happening in the city of uh, Detroit, Michigan. Former President Bill Clinton, Smokey Robinson, the Reverend Jesse Jackson will be among the speakers. Mm. Yeah. Just, just shows what uh, status she had. Yes, certainly. Uh, we were talking off air earlier in the morning. When I, when I grew up, I grew up in southeast London, which was a, at times in the, in the 80s, a bit of a rough old place. And ska music was quite popular. Uh, yes. Um, specials, right? Yeah, the specials. Mm-hmm. Oh, well yeah, done. Yeah. The specials that I suppose madness a little bit yeah. more commercial, that kind of thing. And that was that was very much the sort of the hard boy thing to do. Although that was good music, I enjoyed it, was it very good, much. Yeah. But if you were really in touch with your music, at least I like to think so. Um, then there was a big movement, sort of we used to say, Soul Boys, right? And uh, Luther Vandross was my mm-hmm. was my favourite. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the people Great. that I hung around with enjoyed the band Maze and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. But someone like Aretha Franklin was always seen as the foremost figure in in that realm, and and she had that respect. Of, we're talking oh, that, about had that R-E-S-B-C well, oh very good <laughs> <laughs> so that, without even thinking about it and you picked up on it well done right. I mean she had she did have that respect mm. um, you know with, without sort of putting herself in that in that premier position I think everybody just conceded we were you know we were talking about John McCain's passing as well mm-hmm. earlier in the day and, and, and people come you know with, with their, their outpouring of uh, tributes I suppose but there's no there's no great effort required is there to, to try and persuade people that she was a, a premier performer I think it's already just mm. acknowledged and has been for many many years and I, I think that's why this is this is hitting home. She sung. Did she not sing at Obama's inauguration? Yeah, I believe or, she did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a, a, a key selection, wasn't it? Mm. One, one that I, I imagine didn't take very much thought, but resonated, would have resonated very, very strongly with with many Americans. And isn't it great that all the fans can pay tribute to her this week in Detroit? You know, those two or three days of visitation and the concert. Uh, mm. I think it's a good way to you know have that um, closure. Well, if you're a musician, then the fans don't ever really need to experience closure do they because we've always got we've always got the songs and you can and you can pass them on to your youngins i've tried to do that pass on brainwash them good yep. music <laughs> habits by brainwashing them <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well look for the moment uh, steve dawson thank you very much this has been the international news weekend review here on weekend mornings 89.3 money fm